Welcome to Sam and Scott are watching Watchmen, the show where we watch the HBO show Watchmen. I'm Scott. And I'm Sam. And we're here today to talk about the Watchmen movie, and that's exciting. That right? is it's gonna be exciting time. super, super, super exciting. Guys, this is the second time we're doing a um, um, video podcast. Yes. We had, video, we video cast. We didn't get enough negative feedback to not do it again. <laughs> Which is a surprise. I was surprised a little bit myself. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So without further ado, I'm Scott. This is Sam. You know, you can find us in a lot of places. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, um, all the podcast apps you use. All the podcast, the podcast apps, Spotify, you know, um, basically anywhere that you find your, your podcast, we are on there. We are on, on Google Play. So, you know, download us. Listen to us. Yeah. Do it now. In fact, yeah, or, you know, turn off the podcast it? and listen to our past stuff and catch up. Yeah. Binge if you want to. Binge mode. Mm-hmm. We binge here. Yeah, we don't yeah, do anything yeah. else. We just binge. Just <laughs> we, bi- we bitch and binge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Now, right? Oh, um, so if you're just joining us for the first time, you know, this is one of the ones that's not in sequence. It's a surprise, right? Because right? right. uh, usually we start out with a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um Sam, I'm excited. I think we're what 15 days away, like right now. Whew. Yeah, now exactly we, 15 days from yeah, this. Yeah, it, it is um, on and popping as far as getting the the, the Watchmen. The, the HBO show is coming up, and it's been coming fast ever since they announced this about a couple years ago. I never thought this time that the, these days would just come so fast, so quickly. You know, we're almost upon, you know, October 20th is when the debut is going to happen. Sunday, Sunday night, nine o'clock is going to be one of HBO's premiere you know um you know tv shows and everything and hopefully you know we get something great going on a lot of people are into this you know it's getting a lot of buzz right now um you know the creators everything so uh real real exciting 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 time mm-hmm. uh, i remember when um when they announced this show um we'd been podcasting for a while and you said hey <laughs> let's do a show about watch let's do a show about watch and i thought to myself you know that's they're never that show's never gonna air uh, <laughs> is that is that what you were thinking oh that's my what I thought. So, uh, so i figured yeah oh, when i said sure 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 we'll okay, do that yeah. whatever uh, sam yes okay we will do it sam and then somehow we're gonna end up talking about batman the whole time yeah 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 uh, <laughs> and, his, and his tendencies you know don't he's, forget about that he's mm-hmm. warner brother products right? uh, <laughs> So, you know, so, so you know, we're, we're really excited for the show. We've been pro- pl- planning and planning on this for a lot. So this is, you know, um, yeah. this podcast is kind of the uh, the cap, the capstone for our series about the pre-show mm-hmm. media. Right. Uh, super exciting. I remember when I saw this movie, you mm-hmm. know, I saw it the week it came out back in 2009. And it was, okay. it was March, so it was pretty cold. And I just remember having, like, like literally one of the five or six worst hangovers of my life. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this movie really? just being like, wow. Oh, oh man. Yeah, it was like day three or four, like day two or four or five. Anyway, you know, ten years is a long time, kids. Uh, it really is. Um, so I anticipated this movie greatly. You know, obviously, you know, I I don't have to prove the credit my credit here as far as liking Watchmen. Yeah. Um, so just to start us off, all right, I want to address. You know, we're gonna talk about things we like, talk about things we didn't like. We're not gonna go scene by scene by scene by scene because I think that our recap is like. Enough of that. Well, What's yeah, yeah, we, we, we've done like 12 issues and everything. So this mm-hmm. is like, you know, going into like the movie. We don't need to do a breakdown. As of right now, we might at some point in the future, but as of right now, we're not going to do a breakdown scene by scene, as Scott said, was saying about like the actual movie itself. Just to get a couple house cleaning stuff out the way, Scott. 
Um, you can reach us on um, nerdcyclopedia.com. So make sure you go to that site. Um, as Scott was saying, that you know, make sure you check out all our podcasts. Email us at nerds at um, nerdcyclopedia.com and also at um, our Gmail, Scott Sam and Scott are watching Watchmen. <laughs> Excuse me. It's our, our email is watching Watchmen at nerdcyclopedia.com. See, see, see. What, I, what would it be <laughs> if I didn't have my main partner, you know, in crime correcting me on a live video podcast you know watching watchmen at nerd cyclopedia get it right sam you know i mean this is like see see how he's looking at it see i don't get to see him that often and everything <laughs> and he's gonna giving be me a, the, like the the the, the side i say so you don't know this by now oh jesus christ sam. someone's gonna be like uh like who the heck who the heck is sam why does everyone hate him hashtag hate so, so without further ado, let's jump into my okay. favorite part of the whole movie is right at the beginning, and that's your favorite part. <laughs> it's my favorite part, and it's awesome, and, and it's it's really good. So the uh, the scene where they talk about they play the times they were they are changing by uh, Bob Dylan, and they right. show the montage of mm-hmm. the rise and then collapse of the Minutemen in the forties. Um, that is my favorite part of this movie. It is sweet. It is like the best. Yeah, I I think uh, um I, I think you know um throughout like when it first came out and everything that was probably like the biggest jump off the biggest um the thing about the movie itself because it really um it really got into like the history without in a three minute you know montage Mm -hmm. it really got into like the history of the Watchmen and everything in a way that you know um really just capsized like the whole like uh uh you know the 12 issue miniseries you know maxi series and everything um Mm -hmm. he captured that really great you know, um, and a whole music, you know, video ish. Zack Snyder had a music video ish background, so he is the really... best. He's one of the best music video directors ever. Yeah, I mean, honestly, much. just between <laughs> between this and um, what was that movie? Was it Jawbreaker? Is that what it was? What, the, what was that movie called uh, that he made in between like this and Three Hundred? Um, Sucker Punch, or was yes. that after the, the Sucker Punch? That's the movie I'm thinking of for sure. Okay, okay. Order. With the five females, yeah, uh, okay, and they yeah. have like the different music yeah. video action mm-hmm. sequences, yeah. like one, yeah. two, four, five, yeah. and she got yeah. a lobotomy. Yeah. Circle, yeah. So <laughs> those are the types of movies Zach's good at things where we don't have to talk about character. No, no, yeah, yeah. So he's really great at like slow mo action sequences, and you know, I was watching this movie with mm-hmm. uh with Holly, my wife, okay, and you know, she we just fin- she just finished the comic book, so like coming soon is yeah, her episode. We're gonna talk yeah. with her about uh, awesome, all this stuff, so awesome, we're super awesome. happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was like, what are, she was like, is he just strong enough to just punch through walls or something? And I was like, just think of this like a Kung Fu movie and <laughs> this is going to be a lot more fun for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a sad thing coming off reading a book, having to come to think about this movie as such that, you know, because a lot of people really do like this movie. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of, if there's a, a cult following with this movie that, um, I, I think it, it was a way of like, with, uh, of, of. Uh, Zack Snyder's, you know, his way of directing movies like with Sucker Punch, you know, 300 mm-hmm. with the slow motion action and everything combined with the fact that you're you're combining the the immovable object with the material, you know, so there's no way you can actually avoid the actual impact of the material with the way he, um, you know, directs his movie. So when he combined it all together, it sort of created this hodgepodge of like just mix a, a mixed bag I, I think with with me and you and a lot of other people um it just created just this 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 way of looking at this movie and 
and just being just like, okay, what is this? What is what is this that you're that you're actually putting out there, Zach? You know, versus those who are actually you got people who actually not not really um, what I want to say here. Um, who haven't really read the books, who actually mm-hmm. look at this movie as like a Bible. It's like, this is one of the best movies ever made, you know? Well, um, it's not it's not a bad movie before we, you know, I'm not going right. to cast those sorts of aspersions on it. I think that the problems, it, the problems with this movie really come down to Zack Snyder and the rest of the production crew did kind of focus on remaining faithful to maybe the wrong parts okay. of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many frame accurate depictions like they're you know frame like exactly depicted the way mm-hmm. you know it's 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 drawn storyboard. yeah storyboarding mm-hmm. um and there's so much of that that you can tell that there was just this uh you know there was just a drive to honor the source material and to be faithful to it yeah but i think in some cases the faithfulness in the plotting and in the characterization was mixed with an attempt to make the movie like a sp- like Spider-Man five and a half or something like that. Right. Not well, which uh, makes it feel like something out of a different era from what it was because it came, came out in 2009, mm-hmm. which is firmly in, in the, in the current superhero era because it's after dark Knight. Yeah. And I think dark Knight's sort of dark Knight's the beginning, the first movie of the new superhero. In my right. Opinion. Okay. Yeah. Great, so great way to put that. But it's, it's like Spider-Man. It's, it's a lot like Spider-Man one or Spider-Man two. When you look at the different costuming mm-hmm. and, the um how everything's shot how everything's how everything's depicted how the superheroes themselves are depicted is very much a green mm-hmm. like a green goblin sort of power suity kind of armory you know well, what i mean that's what ozzy ozzy suit and night owl suit kind of look like that yeah they were they were in between that dark knightish you know yeah. um and the, the spider-man era and everything so trying to like you know um juggle the two and it was really, it was really kind of daunting. I remember when the movie came out, um, I knew who the characters were, but a lot, a lot of general audience just didn't know who these set of characters were. So there was really no history to really base them off. You had your Batman, you had your Spider-Man and everything. When Dark Knight came out, you knew who Batman was. You yeah. know, you could call the, the, you could call the movie The Dark Knight. Yeah, Batman's Q score is pretty high. It, it, People it, know. It, 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 <laughs> People exactly. Know Batman. So, you know, when, when you talk about going, to, you know, looking at comic book characters as dark and everything, I mean, that's fine because Batman has already been established. You know who that is and Joker and everything. Mm-hmm. Watchmen on, you know, they really didn't have that general history with the general audience and everything. No one knew who um, Night Owl was. No one knew who Dr. Manhattan was. It was just a bunch of colored superheroes and everything that you put on screen, colorful superheroes that you um, put on screen. And the deep history that the comic book had with them, you try to put that on on a, on a screen in a two-hour to almost two-and-a-half-hour f- type of format and try to sell it to like a general audience they sort of, I, I sort of just, um, uh, uh, they sort of looked at the movie as like, what is this this thing that we're looking at on screen that was sort of on the same lines as Hulk? Remember Hulk, mm-hmm. Ang Lee's Hulk? Yeah. You know, we tried to do like a um, a different take on it, and general audience didn't really like that. That's how I sort of felt with the, you know, which Watchmen and everything. You know, they just sort of just took it in and spit it out. What is this garbage? We don't like it. We don't want it. I think that um, 
It bombed at the box office at the time. <laughs> it didn't bomb that hard. It didn't I think bomb it, that hard. It, it, it made one hundred eighty-five million dollars on one hundred thirty, one hundred fifty million dollar budget. It oh, was man. a bomb. Yeah, that is not as that is not a success. <laughs> but but it wasn't like some sort of like mm-hmm. terrible like terrible bomb where it made like half right. the budget. Or something. It wasn't John Carter bomb. Okay. <laughs> no, no. John John Carter kept Spider Man out of the MCU for like an extra five years. That's how that's how bad a movie that was. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. was a mistake. Yeah, on a lot yeah, of pretty, levels. pretty, pretty much, pretty much there. That was just a uh, just awful. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's talk about something we let's let's each say something we liked. Okay. Um. About the movie, and I'm gonna pick. Um. Oh, you go first since I'm. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, or I can go first, whichever. Well, okay. One thing I could say about Zack Snyder, his visual direction and, you know, cinematography in the movie and everything, I've I've always liked the way he um, positioned characters. Like uh, one instance in the the very first scene in the movie uh, where the, the, um, the doctors are setting the doomsday clock to 12 and everything and the way he positioned the, um, you know, them to look at the screen and everything. I've always liked that particular scene because it really depicted a way of um, the doomsday clock, you know, how, it, you know, they just, um, you know, set it towards 12 and how he had the voiceover in the background <laughs> of the guy just talking about um, the presentation of the doomsday clock and everything. So um, that's one aspect that I really like, you know, as far as the movie. Uh Trying to dig through different themes. Um, I like Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, I thought yeah, that. Yeah, I thought Jackie yeah, Earl Haley's good. performance as Rorschach was really good. Yeah. I really liked his reading, his voiceover reading. Okay. Um, I thought that captured sort of what he was perfect that, casting for Rorschach. For sure, for sure, because he's such a little tiny dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? He's just yeah. so little and, and full of hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, rage. But, rage, rage, rage. Yeah. And um, I thought that that performance was really great. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed the voiceovers. I thought that the way that uh, they write Rorschach's script mm-hmm. on, on on the book, I felt like this was a really good embodiment of that. Um, really, really enjoyed that. Made me believe that he was uh, dangerous, even right. out of the suit. Right. Which is, you know, it's not an easy thing to do when you're playing a character he's like five two <laughs> right right like right. to convey that sort of menace mm-hmm. without without you know being able to be the size of the rock right mm-hmm. like that's not, not exactly. so i really like that a lot okay um i i'm gonna say something i didn't like that much and one well, of the no, things we'll, I, we'll, we'll still keep on this thing you want to you want to you want to alternate a little yeah, I yeah. We alternate right okay okay because i don't want to feel like well, we well, well let me come back with um uh, okay uh, another character i did like um night out i actually like did okay. like um you know the um I can't forget. I, I forget the name of the guy who did play Night Owl, but I did like his character in the movie. I thought he did embody, you know, um, um, Dryberg pretty decent, even though he didn't carry the weight <laughs> of um, and the depiction like Gibbons did in the book, where he yeah. was slightly a little overweight, you know, um, and you know his um, his his portliness and everything, and just his every manish and everything didn't really convey. Like how they wanted him to look like an actual Batman character in the movie with like muscles and the way his suit was. No, that's not the way he's supposed to look. But I did like his portrayal of Dryberg, you know, in the movie. I thought that I thought, you know, uh, I thought that uh, that was good, too. I really enjoyed. um, I kind of like that they didn't make him real paunchy because in 
a movie, mm-hmm. it's a lot less believable if someone's like my size flipping around, <laughs> punt, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it just doesn't look right. It's not right. the same thing as on a comic where you can be like, oh, this guy's you know real fat and he can just mm-hmm. cut through. You know, it's right. not the same thing. Right. Um, I liked a lot. Um, I thought he brought a lot of the sort of like decency that the, the Dryberg has. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's something that that Dan. Um, it's special about Dan Driver in yeah. comparison to the rest of the, the heroes. And, and it's something that links him to Hollis because mm-hmm. Hollis Mason is also that sort of decent sort of, you know, right. all American guy. And right. it's nice to see, it's nice to see them cast a, a night owl that was able to, to bring that to the character. Right, right, He's not right. just a psychopath like the rest of them, right? Like all these <laughs> yeah, other yeah. people are there, insane. There, there was a reason why, why, why he ended up becoming night owl and they made that connection pretty decent for the movie, at least, uh, with right. his connection with Hollis Mason. Yeah, I've really bought. I believe that connection. Right. Um, I thought that was really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Matthew Good as Ozymandias mm-hmm. was. Yeah, I, I think I for me, about to go. for me, he played he played that a little bit too, like cool and breezy. Okay. You know. Okay. Like, like Ozymandias to me should be a little bit more. Um a little bit more aggressive in like the way he talks about mm-hmm. and like his, just his demeanor. Right. Especially, especially I, business wise. Like I, he, he's just a little too. I didn't believe him. I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't believe him. Um, I didn't believe that, you know, he embodied the comic book, you know, um, version of the character. I, I just didn't believe him in the, as in the, in the, um, in the sense of the movie itself in the essence, in the, um, encapsulation of the movie itself and everything compared to as to the other characters i don't think i really believe the fact that he was the one that caused everything you know he appeared more cartoony and more villainous mm-hmm. out of everyone like in the in the um in the the, the maxis the 12 issue maxi series a graphic novel you had to really guess that he was the one who orchestrated everything you mm-hmm. know in the movie version, you could sort of you you could sort of tell early on that this is the guy who ends up being like the villain, the quote unquote villain. Well, there's a reason that movies tend to be cultural touchstones more often than books, mm-hmm. and it's because they're easier, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong. I mean, I don't always want to read a Ulysses by James Joyce <laughs> oh, right. every single time okay, I sit right, down. Right? Obviously, right. I do a podcast. I don't know if you knew this, Sam. I do a podcast <laughs> about Watchmen and, <laughs> and Batman and all this other stuff. Uh, so for me, you know, it's it's it, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing about this, one thing about it that that's sort of weird, and it's a it's a it's a it's one of those uh, production adaptation things, okay. is that they, you know, they they took great pains to get someone, you know, they got John Boy played Richard Nixon, I think. Yeah. And they had, um, you know, all these lookalikes for like Lee Iacocca and Ted mm-hmm. Koppel and John McLaughlin, all these really famous TV people, mm-hmm. and that was weird because it's that is something that is not really, not really that present mm-hmm. in in the book i mean certainly you get nixon obviously mm-hmm. and all the, right. the nixon cronies that are still right. kicking around me he's like gordon liddy and all those guys mm-hmm. um but you know <laughs> uh you don't get a lot of you don't have a lot of those sort of like famous cameos like michael jackson isn't in the book you know right. what i mean and he's not in the movie but there's all these like like little things that they want to place it in 1985 we and had because- to, to, to sort of drive the point home to a general audience this is taking place in 1985 i don't mm-hmm. think you necessarily have to hit a general audience over the head um that much to to i, I and i think it's sort of going to hit on and we'll probably talk even more about this and keep hitting on the point you know later on that um 
they keep hitting on points where you're missing the point of the actual book itself, you mm -hmm. know, um, and you're taking away the soul of the book. I think what you were trying to say early on, what you were, the, some of the things that you were, that, that Zach missed when he was trying to input like all the action and everything and all the stylized thing is sort of just, and, and when you were talking about the, the um, panels, the, mm -hmm. um, the storyboarding and everything, just sticking so close to the storyboard, you missed the soul of the book. You miss the mm -hmm. whole essence of the book itself by just sticking so close to the source material that you just miss all the nuances and miss all the um, the layers and everything that you really can't tell and in a, in a two and a half hour movie. Mm -hmm. Now I want to I want to address this then because okay. you know, uh, and this is something that's important because we have a lot of people that are probably going to watch this movie and then watch the TV show. Mm -hmm. And, and then listen to our podcast. And then, then listen to our podcast and watch with us because that's what this is all about. Right. But for those that didn't read the book, you should know the ending of the book is not the same as the ending of the movie. And, and there's, there's, a, there, pronounced... there, there's a dispute there too. You know, there's some, um, you know, um, not as so much, not even so much a dispute. There is some people who actually think the ending of the movie is better than the book. Can you believe no, that? I don't, I don't believe that. Okay. So the, the, in the book, Ozymandias, has this insane, you know, Rube Goldberg machine to drop a psychic squid in the middle of New York and murder. It sounds ridiculous guy. when you talk about I, it. You know, I know, right? You say it and it mm -hmm. sounds so stupid. Right. And there's a whole subplot where he's collecting scientists and psychics and, you know, mm -hmm. it's sort of teased out through the book. Not mm -hmm. a part of the movie. Right. In the movie, um, Ozymandias essentially frames Dr. Manhattan for the destruction of, like, ten cities. Like mm -hmm. L.A. and Moscow and London and right. New York. Right, and it's this big Doctor Manhattan like uh, bomb mm -hmm. that goes off and destroys Easy. all the buildings yeah. too, which is not something that happens mm -hmm. in the book either. It just kills all the people. Um, he was and then, basically the reason why, um, you know, to to bring the the whole world together and everything. Yeah, you know, the so countries together, stop fighting. So Doctor Manhattan's like sort of a villain. Mm -hmm. In the movie, and in the movie, and what's interesting because we talked about this. I remember talking about this with mm -hmm. you when we recorded the episode for for Chapter Twelve. Mm -hmm. How Doctor Manhattan lies about what happens to Rorschach in the book, right? He says, "Oh, you will die of exposure," right? Mm -hmm. But in the movie, Dan sees <laughs> Doctor Manhattan liquefy Rorschach, like it happens right in front of him, right? And he just yells, "No!" Right, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> And he goes and punches Adrian in the face. I, uh, so, you know, for me, and I think that it's obvious that the show has is, is, is done away with that piece because mm -hmm. all the people of Earth in the show are going to, you know, from the trailers we've seen, they're all, where, where's Dr. Manhattan? Is he coming back? It's right. sort of a religious right. kind of thing. So, uh, they, they decided to go with the comic on that. So try not to get confused about that because probably in the show, Dr. Manhattan is not responsible for the destruction of you know, all the major cities in the country. Yeah. So, so a friend of mine asked me, okay, um, what should I, should I watch the movie? Cause I don't think I'm going to really read the books. Should I watch, is it necessary to watch this movie before you, um, actually, you know, see the, the Watchmen TV show. And I was like, um, no. Okay. Um, while it would add to your knowledge of the actual world and everything, Mm -hmm. um, Damon Lindelof, you know, specifically, you know, explicitly said you don't need to watch the movie or read the books in order to, you know, uh, receive and watch this, you know, TV show that's coming out. 
Don't um, be intimidated. Don't you know. be, but 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 don't the it's it's while it's not necessarily it does enhance your whole worldview of Watchmen because it is based on you know the Watchmen you know um um uh, graphic novel and everything. So the canon he's taken is not from the movie. Okay, no. he's taken everything from the book and applying it as if um, everything happened that everything that happened in the book happened and. Um, if that was a history in the universe where you fast forward to 2019, 1819 or whatever, um, this is what's happening in the world today based on the events that happened in the book. Okay, not the movie. Now, if you want to take the, um, you know, if you want to watch the movie and take the characters, a lot of the events that happened in the movie, um, obviously, <laughs> they'll happen in, in the um, book itself. That's yeah. just a good way of looking at um um, um, enhancing your worldview of Watchmen, and you could go into like the TV show. Just okay, well, I know Doctor Manhattan because he was in the movie. I'd seen the um, Owl Ship because that was in the movie. You know, a lot of those events and everything are right there. So, um, if if you're asking if you should watch the the um movie, um beforehand, like I said, it's up to you. You don't have to. Do whatever you want. You're an adult. Yeah. Probably you're an adult. I mean, I hope it's going to be a TVMA. Yeah, pretty uh, much. It's, it's it's your world, though. You know, you you do what you want to do. But um, I, I I think when we're talking about watching this, you know, looking at this movie, and I actually have it on right here on my iPad. You still watching it? I mean, that's a that's we're a always that's a don't stop. Right we're always watching Watchmen. I mean, come on now. You know, we're and counting down again, and everything. Once again, you're going first. So it's perfect. It really works out. That's 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 what it's for. But um, <laughs> just just the gloss. The, one thing that struck me and still strikes me now: the gloss of the movie is just while it's it's fine on its own. If this movie wasn't called Watchmen, you know, it would be fine as a movie on its own. But the gloss and like the stylization and everything of the movie, it just takes so much away from the from the source material and a movie doesn't have to be beholden to its source material but it's so much Zack Snyderness to this to this movie based on what we know of him with um 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 Sucker Punch you know 300 um Dawn of the Dead and everything it's so much Zack Snyderness in this movie that whoever made the choice of putting him as director of this movie just did such a bad job in choosing him to do this movie you know I feel like if he only was doing a movie about this universe in like 1942, it'd be fine. Yeah, it'd be really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With characters that we don't know, have no relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and everything, and um, he actually knew what he was doing and everything, then yeah, it would he it, it would be fine, you know. Mm-hmm. But you you smack this with the uh, Alan Moore, and we know how <laughs> prestigious Alan Moore is, and how you know how 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 much we held you know hold high. The um, source material, we combine that with Zack Snyder, and you're just going, like I was telling Sam before, you're just going to get this hodgepodge, a mixture of, of different stuff that you could say, okay, this is good with the movie, and this is bad with the movie, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and when you combine it all together, it's just, it's just not a really great mixture in my eyes, you know? Now, like I said before, there's a lot of people who really like this movie. And watching it over again as we've we've talked about like the 12 issues and everything I've gained a little bit more of appreciation of the nuances of this movie and how he tried, especially with the um, director's cut and the ultimate cut. So you watch the, um, the um, ultimate cut, I'm sorry, the director's cut 
What did you think of that compared to when you last seen the movie? I. Uh- so I hadn't seen the movie in a while, and mm-hmm. part of that is because since you know we talked about doing the show, I wanted to come fresh when we did the podcast. I didn't okay. want to have seen it like six or seven times this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the director's cut's better, for sure, because it has more things. It has mm-hmm. the murder of Hollis Mason that I do not remember being in. The regular um, movie. In, in the, the real release. Right. Uh, the real release. The theatrical release. The theatrical release, yeah. It's got more in the montage too, which I like mm-hmm. um, at the beginning. So there's there's a plenty of stuff like that, little scenes and little mm-hmm. differences. We were like watching it today, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, oh man, am I gonna get this done <laughs> before we go to air? I was sort right. of, I wasn't sure because it's so long, you know, yeah, so much, yeah, so much, yeah. so much, so much. Right. There's extra little Nixon bits and a few things like that that could go. Right. Um, but I would say that that on the whole, the director's cut does mm-hmm. add more than it takes away from mm-hmm. the theatrical. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about the ultimate cut? The ultimate cut, um, I saw it, it was a little jarring and everything because I did watch it with my wife and she was like, what is this cartoon doing in the middle of the movie, you know? <laughs> and why does it keep interspersing, you know, why? what? what is that and why? I, she just didn't, couldn't figure out what the heck the Black Freighter meant, you know? Why right. was it there? Like, what we know why it was in a comic and how it, um, you know, was a, um, really just presented the overall theme of the, uh, you know, Watchmen period and everything. But... The black freighter inside the movie itself really didn't make sense to me within the, um, you just, if you really didn't know why it was there, you really didn't make sense to have it in the movie, period, you know? So, um, I know why they did it because they just wanted to, you know, complete the whole, you know, um, ultimate cut, but get it all together. It's, yeah. Get it all together and everything. But it really wasn't necessary in the context of the actual movie itself. You don't need the Black Freighter in there. So uh, the re- so so we know the um, Black Freighter and the, um, the the artist, which is nowhere to be found in the movie. <laughs> the reason why um, he went to that island, you know, yep, the whole, the whole reason that's the, in there is yeah, because it's, it's that guy. Exactly. So why would you put this in the movie and make it as your actual animated thing, but just to say, that, okay, I did the Black Freighter because it needed to be in there. No, you don't need the Black Freighter anywhere near this. If this is the type of movie that you want to tell, Zach, you know, you don't need the Black Freighter in there. I understand it may have disappointed some of the fans, you know, in 2008 when it came out, if you didn't put it in there. But it wasn't necessary in the whole context of what the story he was telling in the movie if you don't include um, um, Max Shea you know, his whole efforts and everything and create. Cause they're not the necessary. They're not Cause necessary you don't need them period. because exactly. you already have a boogeyman. You talk to me Manhattan. Everybody's afraid of him already. Right. 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 You got this kid reading a comic book, you know, on the street and everything. And it's really no extra layer of contents to why this whole story, black freighter is there, you know? So that, that was essentially you seen the director's cut the black freighter is just interspersed throughout the movie. And that's the only difference. That's the only difference. You know, it. it just, knew it. I told Holly that was the difference. <laughs> and she asked me and I was like, I bet it's that cartoon. I bet it's that. Gerard. She was like, Gerard Butler was the cartoon guy. I was like, Gerard Butler. It was a big deal. Also, he owed Zack Snyder. Probably still owes, probably still owes right, Zack right, Snyder. Right, right, right. And, and the animation to me wasn't even that great. You know, it was just, okay. It was just, it was just so, so and okay and everything, you know, but they put it in there and they felt, I guess it was a need just to enhance the story to make it the ultimate cut. So it's there. It didn't really add anything to the story in my belief, you know, yeah. 
But the ultimate, uh, as far as the ultimate cut, it's a almost four hour movie with that. <laughs> so if you're just a completist, I guess it's fine, you know, in the context of I need to have everything Watchmen wise. It just also, Scott, it goes to show you how much they missed the mark with not making this like a trilogy. You know, yeah. if you were going to do this story, if you were going to do Watchmen story and not make it an HBO miniseries like what everybody wanted to back then, you should have did this as a trilogy. Trilogy, you know, um, back in, in, in like 2008, you had The Dark Knight, you had Batman Begins, and everything. They, whoever made the decision again, Warner Brother executive, you know, to to just make this one movie, just shows me that you did not understand the material that you had in your hands. You had a really good opportunity to expand. If you wanted to make money that bad, and you, you had an opportunity to expand this story out for three movies, which is like how movies are pretty much done nowadays. They want to expand the universes, expand the stories and everything. Back then, one and done, standalone, you know, we'll see how this goes and everything. I always thought Watchmen, if it was done in a movie, as a movie, should have been a trilogy or, you know, a Lord of the Rings type of thing. But they didn't want to do it. To me, it's like, you know, if you were to put just the story, just like the Rorschach on, like mm -hmm. just that piece of the story uh -huh. in this movie, mm -hmm. and then you wanted to have other movies that showed like 66 or the mm -hmm. Keen Act, or right. you wanted to do it like that, I think that's really great. You know, I don't know how much better a movie's going to get, mm -hmm. honestly, just because of the, the challenges you're describing, mm -hmm. because so much of this story is based on character development and history yes. and understanding mm -hmm. the what karma does to these people, right? right. What the karma of right. subsuming right. their own morality right. in the service of a yes. greater good, right? Yes. Yes. What does this do to these people? Right. It destroys them over time, and that's something that by its nature doesn't mm -hmm. pay off as much in the short-form media. No, not so, at all. So Watchmen is actually the perfect show for HBO to adapt mm -hmm. because it is – you know, more adult source material. Mm -hmm. There's sex, sex in it, and you know, HBO long term sex content. Hey, oh, we ain't yeah. hating. Well, we ain't <laughs> hating. I'm not a hater when it comes to that stuff. Way to go. You know, you you, you do what you got to do. Yeah, the game of thrones, um, right? Huh? And okay. I'm not a hater they, on they, game. They, they no no one's hating on game of thrones. Right, yeah, yeah. Not All on right. this podcast anyway. Not we don't do that. Um, but so for me, I'm really excited that it's coming out as an HBO series, and they're going to be doing things in this universe and using. It seems like what what they have is sort of a mythology of the events of 1985 a yeah. <clears throat> disputed accounting of what took place mm -hmm. and it seems like you know this rorschach mask terrorist society mm -hmm. has sprung up from the minority report or minority reading of 85 which is that it was all a crock and ozymandias probably is still alive and evil and nefarious right uh, and probably there's a lot of interest in holding that that harmonious world order together, you know? Yeah. We'll, we'll do a preview podcast and everything, you know, talking about, um, how that, you know, how those events that happened in 85 influence, like, you know, this group, you know, this, this quote on this cell terrorist, you know, um, group that's coming out and everything in the, or or external pro I mean, that's my inference from what we've seen so far. It's my guess. And I guess you're right. I shouldn't be guessing. Yeah. Well, um, I, it's, it's a lot to talk about there and I do want to get to that too. But just to um, circle back to the movie here and everything. Um, okay, fine, um, <laughs> fine. Circle back to the movie, just like you want to circle. Back. It's, it's it's some things I'm looking at here, like like they had this night shot of um, Rorschach jumping over a um a building, you know, into like um a dark nightish with the lightning striking and everything. He's jumping. Um, he's going towards um 
Dr. Manhattan's um, where, where Dr. Manhattan is doing his experiments and everything, you yeah. know, and we were, we're about to meet Lori and everything. But before that, you know, Rorschach is like Batman. He's not Batman in the um in the in the um in the graphic novel. You know, he's uh, the graphic novel is so grounded that Zach really missed the point in making this like the um like the Spider-Man is they Sam Raimi. It's a lot of Sam Raimi-ish yep. with this with his version that's just so weird because it's coming out of the same shop right. as the Dark Knight yes. and as you know, Batman Begins. And Batman Begins came out four years before this. Batman Begins was like 2005. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a while ago. And, and, so, and Chris Nolan didn't even set on to his Dark Knight style with that. He was still conforming to some Warner Brothers stuff with the um, Batman Begins. But he was moving the needle, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's almost like if you look at Watchmen, they could have either, you know, they could have either done what was new or they could have done what they did. And it feels like the decisions they made as far as how everything looked and, and those sort of things that that felt dropped into a very realistic world, actually right. a very realistic city with realistic streets and realistic signage right. and like the pyramid, right. you know, when pyramid would show up or V would show up or those right. sort of, those, those would be noticeable, but it would look organic. Right. And then dropping into it, you know, magic, like a magic. Well, uh, well, you can't get shot well, I guess if you think about it, so Instead of really like really grounding the whole thing, you know what I mean? So, so Watchmen was probably made around the same time, or started being made around the same time. Dark Knight, because it came out within a year of each other. Usually, a movies later, are yeah. made like you know, uh, take like well, Dark a two. Dark Knight came out in like July of eight, and okay. this came out in March of nine, and I think it did get pushed back a little bit. So I they think. were pretty much in production around the same time. So one was really ahead of the other. Chris Nolan was already in his style with the Dark Knight based on what he did with Batman Begins and grounding that character and that world and everything to a point where, you know, you had like a lot of shots that weren't um, polished. You know, they were really they weren't stylized or anything like that, where the template that um, um, Zach was working on was still his 300, still the Sam Raimi stuff and probably even still more or less. the 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 Batman and Robin and the Batman Forever template and everything of superheroes, you know, you you have to have them, um, you know, glossy and you know stylized and you know their suits have to be perfect. The Dark Knight suit wasn't perfect, you know, mm-hmm. and Batman was only you know obviously he was only superhero in that movie, but no one else in that movie looked cartoonish or anything like that. You know, Joker even you know he had like you know messed up. Um, um, he wasn't the Joker that we all knew from, like, you know, the cartoon. And, you know, he had, like, messed up makeup and, you know, his his lipstick and everything wasn't all straightened. You know, not the Joker that we're used to and everything. So for this... Well, I remember they made a big deal out of him wearing the makeup instead of just, like, the yeah, Joker yeah, looks like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the context of that movie, it worked mm-hmm. out It worked out perfectly. But Zach, you know, he took, he took what he thought, I guess, superheroes supposed to look. And I guess the notation, you know, the notes that Warner Brothers say... We will, since people don't really know who these heroes are, we got to make them look like um, the um, the the Spider Man ish, you know, the 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 the, the, the um, Batman. What we know from um, 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 Batman, <coughs> excuse me, Batman, um, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, the the um, Michael Keaton, uh, Tim Burton, you know, style and everything have their suits glossed out and everything. Um, and then they the put po- them all in capes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, Which and, is like, like made a huge deal is made up about how they like don't wear capes because of dollar bill. 
Now they all got capes. And they all got capes. So these are superheroes. You sell them to a general audience. So they have to look like superheroes, which right. is totally missing the point of what the book was, Mr. Warner Brothers executive. Um, if we're going to talk about another thing that really just, you know, just stuck with me. Okay. I'm looking at um, Lori. Okay. okay. So I did not like, I liked the actress, but I did not like her portrayal of Lori. She was so annoying in that movie. She was just so whiny and so, you know, um, she, what, what did we talk about, Scott? Lori really presented herself as a, um, a doubter in the beginning, but she found herself in the end, you know, when she, um, she, she got to a point where she went to the, you know, Mars with Dr. Manhattan and the, the Dr. Manhattan um, made her realize who she was, you know, and who was her father and everything. And through the course of the series, we see Lori develop from not an annoying, she, cause he didn't really, she didn't come off as annoying she didn't come off annoying at all in like the from the first issue to um to her whole development to um a believer and uh, um you know towards like the, you know the end of the series and you know end of the um, maxi series and stuff um the way this actress portrays her or maybe the direction she was told to it, it just didn't I, I just I did she was another character I really didn't believe I I was thinking along the same lines on Malin Ackerman today. And part of it is that she's a little too feminine. I think uh, a little too girly to be in, in that role. I think you need someone that's a little bit more aggressive, aggressive. and yes. Yes. muscular and strong. <laughs> and I feel like for me, like Lori is like, you know, the epitome of that robot mm -hmm. of, a, of a trained robot. Like she would be like terrifying. Like she should be, she she's a she's a strong. She's she should a, be very she, formidable. She 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 in the in the series she knows herself. She knows mm -hmm. who she are. She's grounded. She knows who she is, and she knows um what she likes and what she doesn't like. You know this one here, I don't think we get that idea of her in in the um in the movie itself. We get her that we get that she's like um it's just following beats it seems like and up until the point of when the um you know everything happens in the movie. And she, and like you said, effeminate. Um, she, she is not the damsel in distress and everything. No, so, no, so absolutely not. She, she, she's not that, and she's not portrayed that obviously in the book and everything. But being her, that she's really the only female besides her or mom that's really prominent um, in the movie itself. It sort of puts her in a position where she has to more, she has to react more to all the male characters. Versus how she's portrayed in the um, in the comic book, where that, she has her own is, sense of agency. Mm -hmm. She does. She has her own sense of agency. She's she's forceful. Mm -hmm. She tells she tells people their business. Yes. I mean, she throws a drink in the comedian's face right. at a presidential reception, and she is, which is the. It's not, <laughs> not which is not in the movie. That's and again, it's a choice. Right. But and she is the partner for fifth for almost twenty years. Mm -hmm. She is the life partner of the most powerful being in the universe. Yes. Like there, the, right. the, the, she should be, I mean, she should be terrifying. Right. Like you should be very afraid of crossing her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's just, uh, it's just a little bit of a miss and it could have just been designed. Um, I, I understand the whole point of Silk Spectre is that she's supposed to be cute mm -hmm. and able to beat you up. Right. But for yeah. me, you can, you can, you can be a little bit more, I, I feel like she should have been more headstrong, honestly. I yeah. wanted more her I wanted Lori to be more yeah. headstrong. 
Yeah, and they and they did. You know, you talking about being cute. They did sexualize her up a lot more in the movie than what she was in the book. They took an element of her being a female character in the book, you know, having legs and having a short skirt and everything, and just heightened it in a Zach type of way, um, Snyder way in the movie itself, which really again missed the point of her character in the movie. You know, yep. so they took some of that from Silk Spectre one and put it on Silk Spectre two. Yeah, and it just doesn't just doesn't work out because Lori is just so she won't be she wants things on her terms and she's mm-hmm. not willing to settle and she doesn't want to be mm-hmm. thought of as a, a sidekick yeah, right, right well, exactly. part of what, right, part of what right. she's doing in coming mm-hmm. out with Dan is not being a sidekick right. and you know having her not be like that is not yeah it's a little disappointing you, you, you got a character in the book who has that agency um the one in the movie doesn't you know she she's just more of a um um, a reactor to me, you know, she just, um, she just responds. Um, and while they try to put it in there, you know, the elements of that, I don't think, um, it really conveys it, um, as much as it could have, you know, um, it just takes uh, spots and everything and, and tries. But like I said, in the span of a two hour movie, you can only, you can only do so much, which is, I guess, no fault of the movie itself. You can only tell the story that you're going to tell. A part of it maybe is a function of times, you know, maybe it's just that, you know, what we're looking for is an audience has changed a lot in the last 10 years. And, it sure has. You know, but <laughs> we're willing to, you know, what our audience, the audience now is willing to see mm-hmm. a woman do mm-hmm. has changed for the better mm-hmm. and significantly. You know, mm-hmm. we had Captain Marvel come out this year. Right. I feel like there was a really good, there's a good example of what I'm talking about when I say aggressive mm-hmm. and headstrong and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and stubborn. Yeah. That character is to me mm-hmm. more along the lines of what Laurie should have been in this in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's funny that you said it because Alan Moore gave that to her in 1985, and of course, comic books weren't really respected as like great mediums then. So for them to just, I guess, continue that disrespect and not really put it in this movie is just a way of them just trying to sell, you know, characters that nobody knows again, um, and seeing what they can do, you know, with those characters. Watchmen. Watchmen was not meant to be made into toys. So if that was their reasoning and trying to put this type of movie out with Zach and his gloss, I mean, they just totally missed a mark. Another thing that I did want to specify and say that I hated from the beginning when I first heard it in the movie was the fact that they called them Watchmen. You know, they called the team Watchmen. Are you serious? You know, (laughs) that smacks. That just that stinks. Uh, some executive with a cigar going like, well, what are they, the Minutemen and a crime bus? How are they Watchmen? Why do we call it that? Look, we're cutting it out. Watchmen. That's what we're calling all of it. The audience is just going to be so confused. Why is this movie called Watchmen when they're, the, the team is not called Watchmen? Mm-hmm. You know, are, it, it's, it's like, are you that, are you not giving your audience that much, um, you know, we can go into a whole diatribe about, you know, executives not, <laughs> really respect an audience intelligence and everything um are you are you really just going to disrespect the audience intelligence enough to to really say that okay we need to call this if we're going to call it watchmen we need to call the team watchmen like the avengers justice league they need to be called watchmen you know in the movie i guess there is a point to that if they called the show the x-men mutants i might be a little bit Why is everything an X? I don't know. They're really into that. They really. I mean, they're into. They're really into. Really into tilted Jesus or. Yeah. 
Oh man. Tilted Jesus is my new thing, by the way. <laughs> Tilted Jesus, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, that's funny. Um, so yeah, so 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 yeah, the wa- Watchmen being called Watchmen, um, and we, and we and and we get the with the montage and everything that they were called the Minutemen back then and everything. So it was yeah. a great way to um set that up, and they could have continued that, you know, throughout the throughout the movie, and you know, got into they they really didn't get into the old crime busters thing either, you know. But I mean, what are you going to do in a two hour movie? So to simplify it. I guess in the context of the movie, you had to call them Watchmen just to just to get the point across. But it's just another um, way of missing the mark and the whole point of um, of what they tried to convey in the um, in the graphic novel. I'd have really enjoyed seeing a uh, a paunchy Captain Metropolis in this because you know one of the things they changed is they made Adrian be the one calling the meeting and seven and they moved it from sixty six to seventy one for whatever reason they had mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. probably because they didn't want Doctor Manhattan mm-hmm. making out the sixteen year old girl. <laughs> probably be the re- I mean, right? okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough, Zach. Yeah, right, hey, like, we'll, we'll you got you got to take your liberty. I, I did like the um when the montage when they first introduced the Minutemen. And mm. they um, put the um, Watchmen um, thing over top of that, and then they came back at the um, end and had the um, Watchmen <laughs> in the same position and uh, against the the backdrop in the same um, um, area that they had the the meeting and everything, and just had them all standing together. Great, he he Zach does some great positioning and um, framing of his characters. He definitely knows to how do, to do that. You know, I had to do a music video portrait. <laughs> There's nobody Zach, in the world. Zach would be the first one you would call. <laughs> he would be the first one I would call. And I don't want you to feel, you know, it, it, it should be, it, I, I want to mention here, I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the stuff we like, the stuff we don't like. I mean, this is a solid B for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wait, including wait, the expectations it, 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 that I would have for right, right, this right. particular. It, 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 we're talking about, like, you know, stuff that we don't like, but you're right. Mm-hmm. It is a solid B. It is not a C or a D and everything. Um, when it came out, it might have been a, a C in my mind, but over the years and actually after long over, yeah, 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 it was going to be a B no matter what, <laughs> no matter what. Okay, no, it, it was. A C I just didn't have the energy to say it wasn't a B. I you know like, what? A... I've I, I had a lot of um, um, animosity towards this movie until we actually um, went over the graphic novel and then I watched it again. I see a lot of things in here that um, that I do like. So it is a solid B in my eyes at this point in time. And for me, you know, some of the the stuff I don't like, I look at, like you said, after reading the the book Mm. and then watching the movie in such a short order, like, I should like this. I feel like I should like this scene and I don't. So it's hard for me to criticize the choice that was made anyway, because you don't know if you never adapt source material, it's anything like this, how it's going to land. And, you know, some of those shot for shot, like panel for shot Mm -hmm. representations, I was just like, eh. Yeah. And that, and what am I supposed to say as a comic fan, like as a purist, like what am I supposed to say, like mm-hmm. you, like right. I wouldn't want you to try to be as close to the material as possible. Yeah, yeah, and all, and also too, we're coming from perspective where we know the source material so much because we read it so many times and we did twelve podcasts about them, you know, that we're 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 really close to it. So I actually really appreciate those who hold this movie in the A status. You know, who have come to this movie with no knowledge of the, you know, of the graphic novel and come to this movie and see it exactly how it is and everything. Which means to me that if someone can appreciate this movie um, as as what was presented to him in a Zack Snyder way, then I think he's done a dynamic job. 
you know, because there is a cult, there is a cult following with this movie. I mean, no matter how me or you may think about it, based on our our feelings of it, there is a a section of folks that actually hold this movie dear and say that it is a great representation of 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 the the complexities it was. Because really, there was no other movies out there, superhero wise that were talking about some of the things they were talking about, like, you know, the way the government was being presented, you know, nukes and stuff, the world being um, um, on the brink of, like, you know, doomsday and everything, you know, and putting it into a world where there was a Dr. Manhattan, you know, um, and it just being presented in a way where it was not talking down to you, you know, to, to like, a childlike level. It was actually trying to elevate your, um, you know, um, um, int- you know, intellectual, um, you know, status, to a point where you was going to respect people being in costumes, you know, um, and actually being out, out there being super, you know, being superheroes with like Nixon and everything. And, um, you know, the, the World War Three being, you know, um, on the brink of you know, world being on the brink of World War Three. What other superhero movie was going in that direction back in 2009? None of them. I mean, and, and that's because the source material for Watchmen is unique and, and yes. you know. And, and and presenting presenting moral complexity in a story like that is a risk. It's a risk. And mm-hmm. businesses don't like risks and that you can understand why they wouldn't uh wanna wanna do something like that. Well you the, know, and, and, and risk did come because the movie mm-hmm. did bomb, you know. So <laughs> I think it was a light bomb, but that's, <laughs> it, it, that's it, it, it wasn't a super bomb. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't a nuclear bomb, you know, <laughs> but it was enough to where they was like, Okay, we're not gonna go in this direction again for a while. So for me, I think that if they hadn't made the significant changes they made to the plot mm-hmm. in the third act mm-hmm. that I would probably like this movie a lot more. And as you probably know from reading my blog on our, on our website, nerdcyclopedia.com, mm-hmm. um, my favorite part of Watchmen is the moral complexity of the character of Ozymandias and the things that he is willing to do for the salvation of a human race. Oh, man, he is such a... Um... So for me, what they've done by making uh, Dr. Manhattan sort of the foil instead of another thing that had to be conjured out of nothing mm-hmm. and by making the the cost a lot higher, mm-hmm. right? Because right. it's more places, is they've made Ozymandias into a more obviously evil character. And I, since I want the um you know i want the complexity and i want to have to sit and think about what i would do right like what you know because obviously if it's a billion people mm-hmm. or one person you pick the one person you go one person to save right. a billion right so at a certain point mm-hmm. at a certain point the morality does tip over and the question is where is that right that's the big question of the right. whole book mm-hmm. and i think that it's not it's not a it's a much more simple question <laughs> in what well, in the movie it's, because it's, yes it is because not only has he mm-hmm. you know killed all these people and it's more people but he's also you know removed dr manhattan from any involvement in with mankind also right which is going to have a detrimental effect when it comes to medicine and when it comes to energy and when it comes to those sorts of things um and it's also like i said much more evil to do what he did in the movie than in the book it, well, it, just made, is. It, it made it a lot more black and white instead of the gray yeah. area that the, the book had presented. So like You're not supposed to think at the end of that movie, like, why are they hassling Ozymandias? You know what I mean? Like, you're not supposed to think, like, you know, it was a, an easy choice. You yeah. know, you're, it was an easy choice for all of them to just say, yeah, we're going to cover this up forever. Um, and the movie does kind of make it a little bit, a little bit too easy on them. 
Yeah, yeah, and it, it also brings it makes me think of um, the question um, of, of you know going to another comic movie, Than uh, Infinity War. The question of what Thanos did, you know, at the end of that movie. Spoilers for Infinity War for the 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 the, the two folks who haven't seen that movie. Spoilers <laughs> for you know the Odyssey too. Ulysses gets on. So there you go. So I don't mean to spoil that one. For it's a it's a question of is the is the quote unquote villain right or the antagonist right? You know, Thanos made the choice. Okay, he had to get rid of half the the, the population of the universe in order for the in order for it to survive and thrive and everything and not eat up all the resources, which is you know what could come at some point. You know, um, uh, which is obviously um, stupid because human beings and other biological entities reproduce exponentially until they run out of resources so what he really is angry about is the entire balance of life and that's but not but, something you can really fix exactly but the, the you know and the, the question in his eyes was that you know i had to do this you know yeah same as ozymandias i had to be the one to make this decision because no one was going to do it you know so i have to be the savior you you're so caught caught up and full of yourself that i have to be the one to do this but in the movie context, it made it, it just took all the um, layers of why he did it. And like you said, didn't make that um, um, didn't put any type of complexities towards it. It just made him sort of like a black and white villain. He's the bad guy. You can sort of tell in the beginning, even way the way his hair was presented when he was um, when we first seen him in the um, in his office and everything. That, OK, this guy is not good. <laughs> so and, and it really just took away the whole mystery of trying to figure out who who um killed the comedian you right. know <laughs> and, i mean and, you kind of see who it is i mean you know and, and and i don't think that coming out 20 you know 25 years after the original source material i mean come on it's okay to leave a little bit of the spoilers go i did think that that uh uh them having uh, ozymandias catch that cleaver like <laughs> Like this, and that first scene was pretty rad. Uh, I like that a lot. I thought the I thought Ozymandias' fighting style was pretty pretty excellent. <clears throat> I thought that how that was presented was good. The rest of them, yeah. I mean, Rorschach was all right, but um, the whole. I I, uh, I like um I like the casting of comedian. I thought okay. That, I thought Jeffrey that was really uh, yeah Jeffrey Morgan Jeffrey Dean Morgan perfect casting for the comedian. He really portrayed him as like the um oh the 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 sociopath that he was. You know. He's Captain America. That's that's the thing about Watchmen that I mm -hmm. think is so so mm -hmm. interesting is like the comedian. We know him uh -huh. as this reprobate who does awful things to everybody for like the entire the entire history of of of, of his life. Right. And the public sees him as someone that fixes Iran Contra and yes. wins the Vietnam War yes. and has a Medal of Honor yes. from World War II. Yes. And you know he is he is the captain america like his ass mm -hmm. is america's ass and watch <laughs> that's how like that's who the comedian is and 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 to be honest until i saw this portrayal of him uh -huh. i didn't i didn't get that right i didn't get that he's that sort of yeah you know iconic uh -huh. like an iconic mm -hmm. sort of person right for right the, Right, right. Um, the way the so, public is presented, the way he's presented to the public is a whole different thing of how we know him because of we, we know it's like history and everything. Exactly. And, and, and it's so, 
and, and in the book, it's done. That's done by very in a very sly way, mm-hmm. you know. And in the movie, it's actually done very well too. Yeah, uh, they present yeah. that as he's Nixon's guy, and mm-hmm. Nixon wants is for him to you know get his ass to Nam and right. you know, win Nam. Like we're right. not we're not right. pulling punches. Right. Like Nixon doesn't pull punches. Right, right. right. He's willing to, to do things that maybe a president shouldn't do. In order to maintain his own political power, I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, was it parallels to fiction? The, the, the parallels and you know the callbacks and everything to a story that was done back in 1985, and you know, it's it's, it's we're we're going to have to at some point address some things. So, um, but um, but yeah, so so comedian was a really great cast in my eyes. You know, um, um, the way he um, the, the way the way he played the character was really great. Um, I wish it was it was a way where, you know, it was a little bit more meat that he could have put um, or, or breathing room he could have put on the character. But he did as well as was the movie were, that that was presented for him. What can you do? I mean, what you, can you, you get thrown out. You get thrown out a plate glass window like four seconds into the movie, <laughs> and then we whine about him not having screen time. Like we don't get it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's yeah. the thing is like with an HBO show, we'd have got a whole episode of them doing something in 1940, and we would have got a whole right. episode of him right. and 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 right. Dr. Manhattan in Vietnam, probably. Right. You know, for seasons. You know. Uh, How do you think the portrayal of Dr. Manhattan was in the movie? What do you think of that? I think that they leaned a little heavy into the nudity angle, and, and and I think that part of that is just a difference in how the mediums work. Okay, is that a photorealistic man, you know, <laughs> man sized penis that is, and and I'm going to point this out to you. The reason Doctor Manhattan looks like the way he does is because John Osterman picked every like customized this body, which is why he has no body fat because he doesn't need anything. Right, he doesn't need it. Right, right. he doesn't need body fat right. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you know, for me in a photorealistic visual media, it's okay to, you know, it's okay if people wear pants that don't need pants, right? And I understand the point of him being naked, right? Because he's completely unworried. Yeah, he, yeah, doesn't, um, yeah, he, he's completely unworried, doesn't really think any of that matters and everything. But in the context of the movie, you would have had to um, build up to that. Um, That's the only part of his body that jiggles, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the rest is because there's no body fat on him, so there wouldn't be any jiggle. You know what I did? I, I did also like. I love the way that they played up the um the 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 um when 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 John first turned, you know, when he got first, you know, disintegrated and everything. How they um played every how they built up to that from the music and everything, you know, and how they it just you know es- the scene just escalated and everything. I think those that that sequence in that scene was really great. And how they made the part you know made the um, audience just just feel for this character. He was doomed as soon as that door closed. We see yep. it in a book and everything how that happened. In the movie, it's we like- see it happening like you know in a in a real in a real time type of context, and it's just like oh man. This guy is just like, you know, he's about to get, you know, toast, you know, because they can't open that door. And then all of a sudden he just breaks. And then we get this voiceover. And and that's another thing. I, I do like the way Zach sort of juxtaposed, you know, the voiceover with like flashing back and forth between like, you know, times and everything. Um, Because we had and I believe in that sequence, we had him going back and forth from different timelines of when he was talking about, um. Um, what happened just kind of like how they did in the book too you know i did like the way he did that in the movie what did you think about the way that he chose to speak because i I, you know 
I've watched some of the motion comics, which are on YouTube, and you should check them out. Okay. And the dude that does those does one voice for everyone, so the girls sound weird. Um, but his doctor, his, his, <laughs> yeah, his Doctor Manhattan is like, uh, it's very robotic and kind of stentorian, like this. This is how he talks, mm-hmm. right, like that. Mm-hmm. And and you know, uh, the Doctor Manhattan we have is sort of very, it's very wispy because yeah. he's afraid if he used his real voice that he would, your body would liquefy and he would have <laughs> to reconstitute you. And he's quite frankly a touch busy right now. <laughs> That's kind of how he talks in the movie, right? Yeah. But I want more. I guess I wanted more. You think? A little trouble. Just a little bit more. Well, especially especially when he gets a little heated. Hmm. I felt like he should have been a, a little bit more angry when um, when Lori told him she was sleeping with Dan on Mars. I thought he was he was he just was like, ah, I'm mad now. Well, in the, in the in the in the issue where he did let um well um you know when the, when they had that exchange and everything, I think well, you asked me how I felt about it. I think they got it right, in my mm-hmm. eyes. Um, I think he comes across being that he's Dr. Manhattan. He doesn't really have a care in the world, you know, about, like, you know, trivial human things and stuff. For the fact that he is sort of softer spoken and wispy, in, you know, in the way that you say it, I think that does capture, um, um, I think they did capture that, you know, really good in the movie. Really, the only time I think he really did yell was when um, he said, leave me alone. Just like I did in the book when, you know, he made everyone disappear and everything <clears throat> in the context of the movie. I thought that was a little, um, OK, that was all over the top. But, you know, that's just it's like, why, why not have why not have a six volume? You got a not one and a ten. Mm-hmm. For me, I want I wanted more of that I want a little more. For me, I kind of maybe wanted him to be a little more angry at the end. Okay, And, you know, that. I think that changing his murder of Rorschach into an open thing. Okay. And we're not you know, watched him. Right. And, and removing, um, removing Ozymandias lying about murdering his assistants. Yeah. Oh, it changes a lot because I think that those lies mm-hmm. being at the end and being additional, like optional lies, Tells says a lot about what's going to happen in the story, mm-hmm. um, you know, next. And pulling them out, I think, changes a lot of. I feel a lot more confident that mm-hmm. they'll be able to pull it off in the movie than the book too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess that's true because I feel like there's more more concrete well, information. And, and Doctor Manhattan again really exists. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I, I think I see your point to a degree. I mean, had Dr. Man, be, being the fact that Dr. Manhattan just said let go of all, is, is slow, was slowly in the book progression. The progression in the book, he was letting go of, of his humanity. You know, he was holding on to certain things that, you know, was a part of him, um, um, a still part of John, you know, John Osterman. And then he, you know, just slowly over the years, just just became truly Dr. Manhattan and was just letting go. So I guess an element of the anger should still be there to a degree, but it shouldn't be as much as it was from when he first turned. So for the fact that um, um, Ozzy, you know, Ozzy Mandias was able to hide so much from him would to me elicit some type of, of, of some type of reaction, you know, because he was essentially able to deceive him, you know, 
and ended up ban you know, ended up making him go away, you know, for the most part, you know, in the movie and everything. So um, I guess I can see your point there. A little more anger. Yeah, yeah, just 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 maybe just a little bit and everything. Um yeah, like you said, they did change the way that um they, they showed um 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 Rorschach being um vanquished. <laughs> You know, because I like that action out. sequence. Yeah, that, that. Oh no, you're talking about the exp the the kablooey. Yeah, the kablooey. Uh, the kablooey. The kablooey shit. Yeah, the kablooey's fun. Yeah. They made yeah. him look like a, a blot. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the smiley face thing. You know, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, just just certain. I mean, if if you you know fan service and everything, that's fine. One thing I didn't like um in the movie. Or I, I shouldn't say didn't like, but I was disappointed. I, I didn't. I, I'm not going to say I didn't like it, but just disappointed. And when they presented the whole, um, when the um, when the dogs, um, when the two dogs ate the 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 you know the child and everything, um, and they they presented that in a way in the movie where it didn't hit me as much as it hit me in the book, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I really got that feel of. I think in the book, in the movie, it was just shot for shock's sake, as as the way it was presented. Where in the book, it was sort of like a build up. You know, um, Rorschach was dealing with all these criminals until finally, uh, but this was before he actually became Rorschach. You know, he until finally he in, he he entered in, into this one case where someone did something so inhuman. You know. And he was so they, obviously guilty. Right. So obviously guilty and everything. And then he, he, um, the book presented itself in a way where it was no dialogue, no dialogue. He saw the dogs. He saw the bones. He saw the, the dress of the, the, uh, was it a girl that, that mm -hmm. yeah, the, the, um, little girl and everything. And we pieced together in the book what exactly happened. And then he took his revenge on the, um, on the, um, on a, a you know, on the other, um, of the kidnapper and everything right after that. But we get, we piece all that together. The, the, the movie didn't give it a chance to do that. And it really didn't, um, present it in a way where we could appreciate that sequence. If you can even appreciate anything like that, but, um, it would, it just took the whole emotion to me out of that whole thing because it really changed Rorschach at that point, you know, um, it changed him from being um, that um, just uh, just a costume crime fighter to actually being a sociopath. I feel also like the decision to make him not like not torture that guy, right, was a mistake. I feel like he definitely should have been. Um, oh yeah, the fire thing was definitely better than what they did. Although I don't remember in the theatrical release release that being that scene being quite as graphic as it was in the director's cut. I think there's a big hunk of head that just comes flying off. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the gratuity wow. of a, a few scenes in there was like, okay, you're again, Zach, you're missing a point. Is it's not yeah. really doesn't have to be like that. Oh, like that chick's hand. Yeah, like, like, like uh, uh, beat secretary's hand. Just, yeah. <laughs> I, um, no, no, we don't really need that, Zach. Um, Yikes. thank you, Zach. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, I, I guess, um, I mean, we, we could go over, you know, just, just, just a lot of the different stuff, but overall, um, like you said, I, I really give the movie a solid B after, you know, going back over to 12 issues and watching the movie again, especially the director's cut. 
um, gives a better representation of um, of what I thought was a was I was I, I think at the time when Watchmen came out, I wanted the movie to be so great so much that it really ended up just landing, just falling on its feet due to my expectations. So the movie has not changed whatsoever in the past um, 10 years since it came out. It's still, the movie is still the movie and everything. It's my perspective <laughs> of the movie that has changed. And, um, you know, like I said, I can appreciate it more. Uh, I made a post on Facebook in a, um, a couple Facebook groups about um, what did you think was better? the end what did you think the end of the movie was better or did you think the comic book ending was better so i'll first start with you i think we talked a little bit about it beforehand you know towards the beginning but what do you think i think the comic book has more to say okay um more complexity mm-hmm. more moral complexity okay um i think that the the psychic squid itself is not a device that I miss, but mm-hmm. its replacement with Doctor Manhattan is not a better resolution for me. Okay, okay, that's what I will say. Does it make more sense in the context of the movie that Doctor Manhattan is the cause versus the squid? It does for the movie because you don't have to think about psychic stuff. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Um, you don't have to uh, introduce that whole other pl- rigmarole. Right. So I understand the simplification, mm-hmm. but you could have done something. You could have made these things and said, oh, they're from something else. I, I feel right. like there's still room for that with right. some of the simplification. Right. Um, what did you think? Well, um, if this game is going back to when I first seen it, I did not like that they did not put that squid in the movie. I'm beholden to, you know, I'm beholden to the source material. You're a squidite. You know, I'm, I'm a squidite. So, you know, it needs to be in there. As ridiculous as it is, it needs to be in there. So if it was, if it's canon, it needs to be in there. No <laughs> hands or buttons and everything. But um, in the context of the movie, um, after going back over to the graphic novel again, it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as what um, the way that um, Isaac <laughs> um, um set Doctor Manhattan up, Doctor Manhattan up to take the fall, um, it just makes a whole lot more sense in that context and everything. But <sighs> a giant squid—how ridiculous is that? Period. But I think it's presented in the fact. Um, that is so uh, something that's so unbelievable mm-hmm. unbelievable that could happen that could unite the world um and make them come together to a point where uh, you already have dr manhattan mm-hmm. now you have a giant squid you know come from you don't know where to 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 just wreak havoc and you know, um, um, destroyed a, a millions of lives and everything. Dr. Manhattan's, the, the version that was presented in the movie of Dr. Manhattan, um, um, you know, destroying millions of lives and everything. You got to keep in mind, Dr. Manhattan was still an American soldier. You know, he was an American weapon. So is the world really going to come together for 
a bunch of Americans dying in that in that manner like that, um, and 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 say that okay, we need to unite and because Doctor Manhattan is the threat. I don't know. I don't. I, I just don't know. In the context of the movie, I guess it makes sense because putting the giant squid in there does not make any sense in the context of the movie. But like you said, they could have done something better. You don't have to be a giant squid. Regular squid. Normal size, bigger squid. So, so Scott, if Russia was going to nuke your country anyway, right? And Doctor Manhattan did a lot of the damage. It's, it's it's like your own. It's, Why would Russia stop attacking us? First of all, because of that. Because, like you said, Doctor Manhattan is American. We've been very clear about that this whole time. Everything Doctor Manhattan does reflects on America. Yeah. isn't that awesome? That's Except America's until it weapon, up the world, right? Yeah, well, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other if, thing about if, it is that if he you is shoot, in- if you have this big powerful gun, Scott, and you shoot your um, shotgun in your foot, and you are my enemy and everything, am I going to be that sorry for you? Huh? Because you shot yourself in the foot, you let's know, say, and blew your. So you get on an old school merry-go-round, like from the old playground, right? Mm. And you face, you know, one direction, and you just start shooting a shotgun off, right? Just mm. to start spinning yourself around. The shotgun's just going to go in random directions, right? Everybody gets a taste. The cops are still coming in the merry-go-round. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's fair. <laughs> it doesn't matter if there's no bias. They're still going to show up. It, 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 does, uh, it does not matter at all. So, yeah. I mean, for those new movie periods or whatever who like that ending, I mean, it, it's fine in the context of that. But if you're really sitting down and think about it, as much as you may not like how the squid ending in that book happened, it happened for a reason. And if you go back and read the um, graphic novel, you'll appreciate the fact of how he set Max Shea up from the very um, first um, um, time he was mentioned, I think it was in the third issue. You know, I may be wrong. Hashtag hate Sam. Um, but the, from the way he presented, he he set him up in the first issue as a writer of the Black Freighter, all the way up until um, they they had the scientists and everything, and had them go to that island and um, and to create the squid and everything for it to even happen. It makes sense. And you're just like, what? What's up with this? Like this seems. It, it, like, who cares the, about this part? It's the whole. It's the whole sub layer of mystery that's going on yeah. inside the book, or and that's happening in the whole background where you got to actually put all this stuff together. The great thing about Watchmen is that you put a lot of stuff together as you keep reading it, as you keep going back over and over. Whereas the movie, it simplified everything. It made it into like a um. I guess a spectacle where you couldn't have those nuances as much as you you may have wanted to. You couldn't have those nuances and complexities that was presented in the book because of the medium that was presented in it. Yeah. Alan Moore said that it was no way, and he was right to a degree, that it was no way that you could translate that book into a film. And I guess you can't, but you can mm-hmm. certainly translate it into a TV show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the way he presented the Dave Gibbons and presented those panels is great storyboarding for a TV show, not a movie. Yep. Um, I agree. I'll co-sign on all that. I do want to say that again mm-hmm. to the people involved with the production of this thing, we, we just, honestly, I feel like you did as good as you can do. I, I, I want to be clear about that. I don't want anyone thinking we're ragging on the production people or the writers or anyone, you know, it's not that. Right. It's just this source material is what it is, and you know it's probably not best for a seven-hour movie. 
Well, that seven hours is actually a trilogy and everything, so maybe it could have been, but it wasn't presented like that. It was presented in a, a three-hour, you know, minus the Black Freighter stuff, which didn't mean it'd be in there again. Um, it was presented in a three-and-a-half-hour um, movie, you know. I'm glad I am glad I went with the old physical media Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I did it old yeah. school, you know, Watchmen stuff. Uh, um, to wrap this up, um, we are going to be doing like a um, preview of the show. One of the, one of the things I'm hoping the show does, I'm hoping it doesn't, I hope it doesn't make the same mistake Zach did, you know, be so beholden to what happened that they sort of missed a point. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I've known, I, I know Damon lost Linda lost history from the leftovers and, um, lost. And I recognize a lot of the, um, the elements that he took from, especially Lost, from the Watchmen, which makes me believe that he understands the material. But it's one thing in understanding, and it's another thing in having your own agenda. So um, what concerns me a little bit, and not to say that, you know, he, he seems like he's going to um, delve a lot in race with, with this series and everything, and I don't think the Watchmen, the original Watchmen material, really delved into that a lot, you know. Um, as it far didn't. As it, it didn't really approach that really it at really all. It really didn't. In you fact, know? in fact, the characters um, that we spend all our time with, <clears throat> with like two exceptions, they're all white. Yeah. And yeah. there is definitely, in my opinion, mm -hmm. that is that makes a very important statement about America. Certainly during the time period when the Minutemen were active. Right. 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 I mean, you know. The police were not going to let black people run around in mass and, you know, stop yeah. robberies and stuff back in the forties. Right, like it right. was just. It, 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 that, that's a that's a whole nother layer that Alan Moore didn't um, tack on that could have been explored as well. So if Damon Lindelof's um, aim is to try to explore that element in today's society, then maybe maybe he really understands this even more than we do. You know, I think that's going to be if that's the case, then that would be an important angle. Because if Watchmen's a story about America's love affair with superheroes, right? Mm -hmm. if, if that's what Watchmen is, then I think that you cannot ignore the the way that uh, race and class are linked in this country. I think that that's a very important part of the understanding the American story. And so seeing that explored in a, pro in a fictional proxy right. of an alternate America where right. Richard Nixon was in charge right. for like... Four years or how right, so right, 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 right. Seeing how that's all developed, mm -hmm. and to see how you know what is the history of 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 black superheroism, right? Like, what is the history of right of these other communities that are not just the mainline Protestant New York white New York superheroes? Right. It, it, like, it, it, what are these other places and and other? There's probably other subcultures of superheroism. You would imagine that Chicago and Pittsburgh and Philly are going to have different superheroes than like Houston and St. Louis and, you know, Portland, for instance. Well, the bulk of the series is taking place in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So that's a difference in itself. I thought was like, OK, this is this is a little different, you know, um, and um, one of the things he did say that he was going to touch on. Is the um the, I don't know if you you've heard of Black Wall Street back from talk to the, the yes I'm familiar with that yeah so the riots um, in 19 the riots the the the, the early twenties and everything yeah or nineteen twenties and stuff so he's going to touch on that you know from the Tulsa aspect and everything and sort of like you know jump back and forth from that and maybe even get the reaction of how America was reacting to costume heroes 
from that perspective, what you, what you were talking about yeah. from other parts of the country, because obviously the stuff that was happening in New York didn't just happen just there. You yeah, know. there were way more baseball teams back then than the Yankees. <laughs> For real, right? right? I mean, way every single town team. had its own. Exactly, right? Wheeling, West Virginia probably had its own superhero in the Watchmen universe. And I'll tell you, his name was Moondog. And <laughs> he drove around, a bike, a lot of flags. Cool dude. Uh, we all knew him. We all knew him. So, so, so we're excited. Again, we're excited to see how this is all going to go. Um, we got... Um, like I said, one more podcast, a preview podcast before we, we actually, and that's going to be a short podcast previewing, you know, the Watchmen. And then we get into it. We get into October 20th. We're going to be coming at you guys with, um, you know, um, uh, instant reaction right after the episode. And then um, the couple of days later, we're going to have a full reaction of like the whole episode of how we felt um, about it. And, you know, going by, um, you know, seeing my scene and everything, just breaking it down and see it if Watchmen really measures up. Absolutely. Is it the new Westworld? Is it the new Game of Thrones? Is it, you know, is it going to be that? I I, mean, I'm super hopeful for it, too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, something people may notice, Mm -hmm. some material investments Mm -hmm. in the Nerdcyclopedia Studios. Yep. Um, So we've been upgrading things to kind of get done what we want to get done for you, bring the video here. Yep. Um, and you know, we're real excited. A lot of that, this improvement is to be ready for this show. So we are dialed in and we're going to be here with your coverage and we're gonna have a great time we're, it's gonna we're, be awesome. we're, we're gonna um we're, we're definitely ready you know so we're setting up big time so make sure that you're keep following us on um um Nerdcyclopedia, you know at Nerdcyclopedia on twit um on um twitter um on instagram and on facebook make sure you join in our facebook group we do have a facebook sam and scott are watching watchmen on facebook yep. Um, and we are posting all over social media, you know, Scott and I, you know, I'm, I'm actually at dog pound Brown, you know, um, Scott, Ed is at, um, still city hitch. Yes. <laughs> Oil so, and water for the next couple of months. Yep. Yep. And you can follow our regular, you know, um, like I said, at Nerdcyclopedia, make sure that you email us again at nurse and Nerdcyclopedia and also, um, our watching, watching watchman at Gmail. <laughs> we, 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 no. we just have, so, no. It is watching Watchmen at nerdcyclopedia.com again. Go. Oh, man. That's two. Yeah. That's two. I know. I, know. I got I'm, it written I'm, down. I'm, I'm, I'm cheating because I got notes. I'm slip, slipping tonight. But make sure to, so you can find us centrally at nerdcyclopedia.com. All our links are there. You know, make sure that you're listening to our podcast. Make sure that you're telling people about our podcast if you're excited about our podcast. Because we love Watchmen and we love, you know, nerd culture and everything. Yeah, read the blogs that oh, I yeah. write. That, that he writes. You know, Mine, <laughs> don't get it twisted. It's not that those are not for share. Those are this podcast is a collaborative experience between me and Sam, and we really enjoy doing it together. Um, the podcast wise, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, but, but the but, blogs that that is him, that is him. And but we want your input, we want your feedback Absolutely. and everything because we it energizes us. We know as soon as we get your feedback and we feed off you. Um, and we look forward to hearing your, um, you know, input and everything. We look forward to talking with you guys when Watchmen comes out for the next 10 episodes, uh, when it first, you know, when it debuts and everything. So catch us on social media and make sure that, you know, you give us a, um, you know, tag. Um, if you don't like what we're saying, um, or you like what we're saying, we're a hashtag, Hey Sam, hashtag, Hey Scott, you know, um, but we're excited, Scott. We are super excited about this. (laughs) I'm I'm so excited. Uh, you know, like I said, we picked this media way in advance and on purpose to review in detail. You know, if you've been listening with us since we started this feed, 
you know how into you know the graphic novel we got and you know the original perspective that we can bring and the sort of analysis that you're not going to find in other locations so you know we really look forward to seeing you here and you know check out our other podcast drop us a line and yep. uh you know yep. I, hey you know uh who watches the watchman we do same as we do <laughs> see you when we see ya. yeah yeah so you know for me i wanted to see that leather mask the full face leather mask <laughs> that, that took me out of it because like, like he's almost he should be a lot more ashamed of this scar and it should be more problem in my opinion right it, i mean he shouldn't just be, be running around you know not in a full leather face mask damn what did i get into the situation messing with my mental I'm thinking all the things that we've been through, but this pain sharp like a ginsu.